Hey guys, Travis Green with Epic Man Radio, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. So what would it be like to enjoy your life by helping others to prosper with purpose through your own iTunes radio show? To truly make a difference while earning a nice mid-six-figure income and do it all from the comfort and convenience of your own home office. We're going to talk about this and a whole lot more in today's episode of Epic Man Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. Hey guys, welcome to Epic Men Radio. And today's episode, we've got industry-leading copywriter Ray Edwards with us. Let me tell you a little bit about Ray. He is a communication strategist, a copywriter, a best-selling author, speaker, and host of one of the top iTunes business podcasts. He's worked with Fortune 500 companies and with some of the most powerful voices in leadership and business. His clients include New York Times best-selling author, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen, Jeff Walker, and many, many more. He is pretty much the who's who in the copywriting and the internet marketing industry and space. Ray, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you with us, brother. Well, thank you, Travis. It's my honor to be here, and it's been way too long since we have talked, so Finally, through the miracle of technology, we're eyeball to eyeball. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. So you're, you're clearly at the top of your game. I mean, man, it's, you know, I guess what, it's been 10, 12 years since we first connected and, you know, we got to know each other at an event many years ago. And in fact, you and I were sort of joking a little bit about it prior to the podcast here is, you know, we're sort of dinosaurs in this business at this time, aren't we? Yeah, yeah we really are. We're, we're kind of the T-Rexes lumbering around. Yeah, and, and still in the game after all this time. Yeah. Right on. So so let's talk a little bit about that in terms of your path, because I've seen it and I've watched you, and it's just been so inspiring to see, you know, the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs and, you know, all the excitement and the people that you worked with. And again, Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield. And man, I mean, these are top names and top people in our space. So you're clearly at the top of your game now. Let's back up just a little bit. Let's look at the Ray Edwards career and the path that you've taken over the last, say, 10, 12 years. Tell us about that, you know, how you got started and how one thing led to another and how it all began to link together to get you where you are now. Well, it's less like a path and more like a maze, but okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we love, we love a good narrative, don't we, as human beings? We, we look we back do. over our past and we sort of overlay a narrative on that. And I believe the narrative is really there. We just can't see it at the time because as somebody uh, has famously said, you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. Mm. So um, I started out in the radio business. I did that starting at age 14. I wanted to be a disc jockey. And then I figured out that the guys who drove the cool cars in the parking lot were not the DJs. They were the salespeople. (laughs) Right. Not with them. And I was able to keep a foot in both worlds. I helped the sales guys write ad campaigns and promotions that made their advertising clients happy. And so when they would fire the DJs about once a year, they wouldn't fire me because too many of the accounts liked me. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really successful run in that business. And then along came this thing called the internet. And I realized there was handwriting on the wall because now people had radio station in their pocket. Only this radio station had no commercials and no annoying DJs. 
Right. There's something to it, right? <laughs> so I took uh, my skills, my advertising and copywriting and promotion skills and just transferred them over to the internet. And I was in the middle of that. Well, I was actually on the, on the end, the leading end of that transition. When I met you, I spoke at that first conference and it was uh, just months after that, that I left the radio business entirely and went out on my own. And uh, we have never failed to have a six figure year since then. Wonderful. And I wouldn't, I'm certifiably unemployable now. You right. just can't hire me. <laughs> and, and why would you want to anyway, right? I mean, could you imagine working for somebody at this bait? No. I, in fact, I did go through an experience after I left the corporate world where I did end up for a while working for the craziest boss I've ever had. <laughs> um, totally demanding, no respect for personal boundaries, no idea about what work time was versus personal time. Um, in fact, if I had worked for this guy in corporate America, I would have sued him for employee abuse. Oh, boy. And this boss was me. Uh. I'm the most, <laughs> I was the most unreasonable boss I'd ever had. So I had to go through that period and realize, hey, I got to give my poor self a break here yeah. and exercise some of this freedom I've got. So it's, you know, every phase of our life we go through, there's an opportunity to learn something and to grow. And uh, I've just, I've enjoyed every part of the ride so far. And I'm looking awesome. forward to the next. Awesome, brother. I love it. And, and to see the ride. I mean, again, I've been following you. And, and you know, after we had met you know, 10, 12 years ago, to see you get into that space. I mean, you got on the stages with Armin Morin, his big seminar. And you know, for many people listening in right now, again, it, it's been a while. So again, these are pioneers. But these were the guys that were really setting the stage, literally, in the whole internet marketing space. And you got into that crowd. And you started connecting with these guys. Tell us about that. I mean, how did that all work out for you? Well, I just had figured out in radio that the way to get ahead in the industry was to go to industry events where you could meet people face to face and connect with them on a personal level. And that's how business happened. And it, it wasn't that I was mercenary. I wasn't meeting people so that I could use them as a connection. Mm -hmm. I was meeting people to make new friends and make connections. And I just knew that given enough time, that some of that would start to flow back to me and that I would get the opportunities that weren't available otherwise. And, you know, nowadays it's interesting because copywriters and freelance workers now will ask me, well, how would you get started if you were doing it today? Because today we have Skype and we have Zoom and which is what we're using now. I love Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, we have Snapchat. You know, what, what technology would you use to connect with people? And I said, well, I would use this awesome technology that your competitors, I can almost promise you're not using. It's go to places where people are yeah. and connect with them shake their hand, give them a hug. In fact, I wrote a blog post today and I said, it's amazing that the power of a handshake or a hug and you can't get either one of those online. It's so true. It's so true. You know, we're, we're so focused on the speed and the simplicity and just the, you know, the opportunities that we have with technology, with what we're doing now, you know, webcasting and blab and periscope and everything else. Right. I, I love all that stuff. Right. But old school, you know, connecting with old school, where you actually look at somebody in the eye and you shake their hand and you, you have a cocktail in the bar after the event and you're really focused on the relationship building. Yeah. That's what it's been for you. Right? Yeah, that's, that, that really has been it. And even to this day, as I transitioned into um, a different segment of the market, and I'm involved now with a lot of people who are in the social media space, um, how did I do that? I just targeted, well, what are the events? That the, where are these people hanging out? Mm -hmm. So I guess I need to go to social media marketing world, for instance. Mm -hmm. yep. And so that's what I did. And it's just been a matter of getting to know people. And, um, you know, it's 
I can't remember who said this, but it might have been Jim Rohn, who said, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, love and it. you just show up and listen to people and care about them. And I try to serve where I can and help where I can. And, you know, then amazing things happen. The phone rings and somebody says, hey, I would like to hire you to consult. Right. Or, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to buy your product or your course or um, and that's how you find joint venture partners and all those good things that we want to do in this space as we grow our online businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and as a platform development, you know, in addition to that, it's just being out there. You know, I think one of the things that you've done so phenomenally well over the last 10, 12 years is focusing on your brand, on the Ray Edwards brand, and then also the platform. So it's, it's enhancing and increasing that reach, you know, the reach of people that know you and they like you and they trust you because you, you're, you're clearly all about service, always have been. You know, one of the things I love and I've always loved so much about you is it's all about providing as much service and as much value as you possibly can, not just about the money. I mean, obviously you're highly paid and the reason because of that is because you're focused on value. So, you know, as you develop your podcast and as you get out there, I mean, you're, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands, not millions of downloads. So that means that millions of people around the world know Ray Edwards and they know your show and they know your life and they know your son and they know just so much about you because of utilizing this technology and focusing on providing value and using this technology to do it. It's just been fascinating. Yeah, it's amazing that what we can do now with this technology by building a platform, having a podcast or a YouTube show, um, we literally, we can have our own TV and radio media empire and we can do it for, you know, 50 bucks, yeah. everything you need to get started. And it's just astonishing. And I, I mean, sometimes I look at my download numbers and I realize I have more listeners than all seven of the radio stations that I used to run in the town where I now live, more listeners than they had at their highest rated period. That is crazy. It is crazy. It's nuts, but I love it. Right. Crazy in a good way. <laughs> and, and that's where you are now. With the, and what do you have? 200 shows on your belt? 250? How many do you have? 218. 218 shows on your belt. And where do you see it headed? I mean, you're going to have a thousand shows in your belt. You're just going to keep cranking on this thing for the next 10 years. I mean, where, where are you headed with all this? As, uh, as long as the Lord permits me to stay on the planet, I plan to keep doing this because I love it. I started doing a podcast because it was a way to do radio again without the corporate overlords telling me what I could and could not do. Right. And then I realized, well, I love this. And so I got on a streak of doing it week after week. And after a while, you get on a streak and you don't want to break it. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And do you think that's why or one of the reasons why you've got such a following and such a strong platform because yeah. of that consistency? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, the first, I haven't gone back and looked at these stats lately, but I bet the probably the first 75 episodes, it was just microscopic incremental growth. Mm-hmm. And it began to snowball and pick up uh, once we got up to around 80, 90, 100 episodes. And we started getting some mentions by other people who had audiences and platforms and mm-hmm. it takes it just takes time you know it's it's like it takes 10 years to become an overnight success and that the truth right and so with your show then again you've got 218 under the belt continue to expand and grow um the consistency you know you and i were talking about that before a lot of times i get questions of hey i understand the podcast is where it's at and, and really the future how many shows should i be doing you know should i do one show a week or should i do two shows a week or five shows a week what do you feel based on your experience for your show and for others what's the right number? You know, what's the right number? What's the right time length? Uh, the 
sort of the strategy behind it? You know, do you want to do an interview show? Do you do your own thing? Do you do, you know, what's the best way to really develop a podcast show? Well, I've just done some testing on this very subject. I increased my number of shows. I've been doing one show a week since I started. Mm -hmm. So for a while, we did three shows a week because I thought, well, three shows a week means more downloads, means more listeners, means more exposure in iTunes. So that'll be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And um, what I discovered is my recommendation is do one show a week. I think that's the perfect frequency. Mm-hmm. And I have to give Cliff Ravenscraft credit for that because he told me that before I started the experiment. He's like, dude, I'm telling you one show a week, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Not one show every two weeks, not two shows a week, one show a week. Mm-hmm. And, and why is that? Well, because if you think about it this way, um, how much time do people have to listen to podcasts? Most people are listening either on their commute or while they exercise. Mm-hmm. That's where most of the listening takes place. So you're probably talking about an hour a day max that people have to devote to this. My show is anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes long each week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get them one day out of the week. And if I'm doing three shows, and what's happening is my shows are piling up in their podcast player, and they start to feel overwhelmed, and they might just look at it and go, oh, I can never catch up. I'm just going to unsubscribe from this guy. They may like me, but they may do that. Mm -hmm. If they don't do that, here's something that a lot of people don't know. iTunes watches to see if somebody's subscribed to, if you use the iTunes podcast app, Mm -hmm. which by the way is, you'll never convince me that that's not weighted heavily in the rankings, whether they're using the actual Apple app or not. Mm -hmm. I believe that Apple gives more credit to people using the Apple app. That's just my opinion, but no, I agree. It's my humble, but accurate opinion. Um, So what, what most people don't realize is if you don't, if you don't listen to an episode for two or three weeks, the podcast app stops downloading them. And so that stops counting in your rankings in iTunes. So at first I saw a bump and then I saw our numbers start to go down and I realized what was happening. I talked to Cliff Ravenscraft. I was like, dude, this just happened. What's going on? And he told me, he said, I told you one episode a week. Um, so that's what we do. And as far as length, I've experimented with 15 minute shows. I've experimented with an hour. Um, the perfect length for me seems to be around 40 minutes. That's where I get the most, I actually, if I can hit 40 minutes, I'll actually get people emailing me saying that was just right. Mm-hmm. Just right for my run or my walk or my drive to work. Um, and uh, if I go too short, I've, I'll get a few complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think either 20 or 40 minutes, if I was making recommendations to somebody just getting started out, and consistency. So if, if anybody is thinking about starting a podcast, what I would say is commit to do it every week. Don't miss a week, no matter what. Do it the same day every week, the same time every week on that day. Do either 20 or 40 minutes and just be consistent and plug away and don't give up. When you've done 100 episodes and you feel like this is not working and it's just not going to happen and I'm, I'm so sick of doing this and I can't stand it anymore, that's the very moment you need to not give up and you keep pressing on because every episode adds a little bit more snow to the snowball. And one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be in the middle of an avalanche and you're going to be very happy. Mm -hmm. Because of that consistency and that persistency, you know, in a lot of respects. Question I've got for you around that. Again, you've done a ton of shows, 218 shows. How do you come up with content? 
you know, as because you've got great content and, and really the reason why your show is so popular because it's, and, and guys, if you haven't heard Ray's podcast, you got to go check out Ray's podcast. He is the master. I mean, it's from the intro clip and the tip and the tail and the custom music. And, you know, clearly it's a highly professional, one of the best out there. In fact, Ray, I, I got to be honest here. When I'm telling my clients, when they're setting up podcasts, I'm like, okay, go check out Mike at Hyatt's site and go check out Ray Edwards' site, listen to their podcast, listen to the intros reverse engineer it, you know, I mean, break it all down, take notes on this stuff. So you are clearly, again, leading the class of, of podcasting. How do you come up with your content? Um, I read a lot. I read a lot of blogs. I use um, Feedly and I have about 300 blogs loaded in that feed reader. And I don't read every post on every blog. I, I have it set up so I just see the headlines and the ones that look interesting, I click on them, I read through. If it's something that's, I think, hey, I could write an article about this. Or I could, this would form, it all starts as a, as a post for me on my blog. I'll write out a blog post and I may go ahead and post it as a blog post. And if it becomes popular, then I'll roll it back in as a podcast episode. Or I may just do it as a podcast and then later turn it into a blog post. So there's definitely the opportunity to repurpose the content. And then aside from that, I read a lot of books. Um, like last year I read about, I think it was 70, 75 books. Wow. And I do most of my reading these days on a Kindle. Mm -hmm. so I can highlight uh, parts of the book that I like. I can make notes. And most people don't know this, but all your highlights in your notes are downloadable. If you go to kindle.amazon.com, it's got all your highlights and notes saved for you. You can download them. Mm -hmm. And so I'll use those as fodder or material for uh, podcast episodes. And I've got a file in Evernote. I keep all this stuff in. I have a, a tag called post ideas. Mm -hmm. And right now I have probably three or four dozen just titles or outlines or post ideas for things I want to do either blog posts or podcasts on. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think Stephen King said in the book on writing, he said, if you want to be a good writer, there's two things you must do. You must read a lot and you must write a lot. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I do both. I read a lot and I write a lot. And that's where you get the ideas, right? That's where it all comes over. What a great tip and what a great resource as far as the Kindle books and being able to take notes and download those notes. Fantastic. Because that's probably the biggest question that I get is, you know, the consistency, yes, and the importance of podcasting. I think everybody's getting that. You know, again, guys, you got to get a podcast. If you're really serious about developing your brand and developing your platform, podcasting is where it's at right now. But uh, again, coming up with that content is, is really the key. So for you, you read a lot, you do it on Kindle, you download those. Do you set it up in a note format? I mean, clearly you're not like reading note for note. You're not writing everything out and just kind of reading over it. What's no. the process that you do that? You well, know? I, I look for things that spark ideas for me. Um, so let me just, uh, I'll just pop up my uh, Evernote. Mm -hmm. I have an Evernote uh, I don't have very many notebooks at Evernote. In fact, I only have like five. Um, I keep everything organized according to tags. So I can type in the tag uh, post ideas. And I'll just, I'll just give you an idea of what kinds of uh, ideas I have in here. So I have um, five reasons I use a standing desk. The five doors of destiny. These are just titles that occurred to me. Uh, seven reasons. I got this one just a couple of days ago. Seven reasons why you must not gossip. So I think I don't have, I don't really think I'm that much smarter than anybody else. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box. <laughs> right. But 
uh, what I am is a little bit obsessed with capturing the ideas that I find that are great ideas. And it doesn't, you don't, you don't, you don't steal material from other people, but all of us have these moments, I'm convinced, where something happens in our life and we think that would make a good blog post or a good article or a good essay. And so I was talking with someone and um, the name of a mutual acquaintance came up and the person I was speaking with began to speak ill of that other individual. Mm-hmm. And we're all friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this is making me really uncomfortable because now I wonder what does this guy say about me when I'm not around? Right, right. And so um, I thought that's a good reason not to gossip. Now, now, I tell none of this to the person I'm speaking to, but I make a note as I leave that meeting, um, seven reasons why you must not gossip. And I don't know what all seven are, but I know one of them is what I just told you. Sure. And I know there are other reasons not to gossip. And so I'm going to write a blog post that'll be all about why you should not gossip and why it helps you develop trust with people if you don't and, and so forth. And so I have a ton of ideas like that. I, I've got 10 blogs I love, 10 free blog post ideas, 10 ideas to revive your podcast. And mostly it's either title ideas or I'll, maybe I'll come up with an outline. I'll think of, well, there's three things you have to do if you really want to conquer your day. And one of them is you've got to commit to a plan of action. And the next one, and I'll just have little frameworks like that that occur to me and I'll jot them down and put them into Evernote, and that becomes a blog post or a podcast for me later on. Mm. So structure, having a really specific, clear structure. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, um, there's a conference called the SCORE conference uh, that is put on by a guy named Ken Davis. Many people may know him as a Christian comedian, mm-hmm. but what they may not realize is he is actually somebody who teaches people how to speak and how to present publicly. And it's funny because I've been speaking for a long time, as you noted at the beginning of the show. Sure. And um, I went to this, not because I thought I was going to learn anything about speaking. I thought it'll be great networking. And um, I ended up learning a lot about speaking. So I I learned two lessons. I learned a lot about speaking and I learned a little bit of humility. Um, But that really drove home the importance of structure for me. So I, all my, if you read my blog post very carefully or listen to my podcast, you'll notice they all have a very similar structure. Right. And that's what helps me keep the car on the rails. Right. Huge point. I mean, man, what a takeaway right there. Because, uh, and again, not to speak ill of other people, but we hear other podcasts where it just seems to go all over the place and there's really no structure and there's no rhyme or there's no reason or there's really no point. Maybe some good stories, but it leaves the listener kind of like confused and and you know, just not knowing what to do or really not getting us a nugget or not getting a takeaway from it. And I think this day and age, there's so much content out there and there's so much information and we're also um, tied with that. Again, we're, we're really, our our time is tight. We want to make sure that we're, we're getting, everybody's getting as much as they can out of their investment in the podcast. So people want content. They want structure. They want to be able to learn. They want to be able to grow. They don't necessarily want to like listen to a couple of people just rant about crazy stuff, right? Right. Yeah. For the most part, that's true. And I mean, it's true for me. So our show is very structured. We have an outline that we have for every show and it's pretty similar as you listen. I mean, you named some of the segments. That's because we always have those segments in the show. Right. Right. Awesome. Great tips there. How about as far as getting more listeners? You know, again, get, coming back to the platform and, and developing that reach. You had mentioned you've got your show, you've got your structure, which is primarily you with the content and, and coming through different topics. Well, actually you and your son. How about, you know, you, for instance, being on other people's podcasts? You know, you mentioned Pat Flynn and you're, you know, you've got some of these big players that you're, you're masterminding with and you're connecting with. 
was that instrumental in you and, and developing your following is actually speaking on other people's podcasts as well? Well, it is now. It's a big part of our growth strategy right now. But honestly, it wasn't in the beginning. In the beginning, it was, um, I had a blog and I had a few readers and I had a list, an email list. I mean, if you've got a blog, you must be capturing emails. I'm sure that mm. if you're watching this show, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would email my list and say, hey, I've got a new episode of the podcast. And I made it very shareable. I'm, I've gotten finally gotten kind of smart about this. And we have I try to pick out some quotable quotes from every episode and put them in as a click to tweet this mm-hmm. link in the podcast show notes because when people are reading your posts and you give them something like that, they like to look smart. Mm. So if you give them something that looks smart and you give them a one-click way to share that on their social media, you're using their platform to amplify your message. Mm. And they're volunteering to do it, so it's not like you're doing something sneaky. So uh, we did a lot of that, um, and then it began to, as I began to pick up a little more momentum and more and more people uh, began to know my name and I, my audience got a little bigger, I started rising in the iTunes rankings. I didn't, I didn't know this for a long time. I didn't realize that was important, but I saw my numbers start to grow, and I asked somebody I knew, why do you think my numbers are growing? And they said, well, because you're becoming more visible in the iTunes podcast listings, and more people then see that because they're going to iTunes and looking in the categories. Well, what's interesting in this category that I can look at? Mm. Or they're listening to shows that are like yours. And iTunes does that. People who like this show probably like this show as well. Right. So I started getting some of that. And then one day, uh, totally unplanned. Uh, you can't, I don't think you can engineer to try to duplicate this. I think if you're just consistent and you do good stuff, it'll eventually happen. Mm-hmm. You'll have an influencer who will catch on to what you're doing and decide they want to share your work with the rest of their audience. And that happened for me one day out of the blue with Michael Hyatt. He just posted on his blog and said, this is one of my favorite three podcasts right now. <laughs> my numbers just blew up. It's like, <gasps> thanks, Michael, right? Yeah. I'm like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, so um, that, I mean, while that's a fun story, that only lasted for a little while. And then it's back to slow, steady growth. And I will tell you that over time, it gets faster as you gain more momentum. But it really, the hard part that most people won't do, Travis, as you know, is the initial push. It's that, you know, it's that first, you have the first giddy um, 10 episodes where you're really excited. And then it starts to feel like, oh, now I got to have discipline. I got to show up and just keep on pushing. It's like when you're learning to play tennis or learning to ski, I presume I don't ski. So, I'm guessing, but I'm guessing at first you learn a lot, you get a lot better, and then you hit a plateau. Yep. Like, oh, that's when a lot of people give up. Right. And you got to just keep on pressing through to get through that plateau. And that's, if I can give anybody the advice, it's do the whole platform thing. Have a website, do the social media thing, have an email list, do podcast episodes, and just keep doing it all like clockwork, methodically. You can systematize it. You've got time to do it. Mm-hmm. You can take some time away from watching Game of Thrones to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great point, man. So it's that persistency and that consistency is the key, right? Amen. Uh, brother. And again, you're walking your talk. It's so refreshing and it's so inspiring and so empowering to see somebody that's walking his talk and, and to see the fruits of your labors. Because again, so many guys, they just, they get excited, they go out there and they don't manage that consistency and that persistency and, and they fall off and then they jump to something else. You know, it's, I think as entrepreneurs, we're sort of, you know, it's just part of our being is we like shiny things, right? What's next and what's next? Ooh, this is a new system. 
And maybe I should jump over to Blab and do some video or maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. It's what you're saying is find your niche, find your game, find your passion and the vehicle that allows you to express that and man, just stay in the game. Right. Absolutely. And, and don't get distracted by the shiny objects. I mean, I have yet to do a blab. I'm going to this week because I'm finally getting some pressure from other people who want me to be on a blab with them. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll do it. Uh, but I don't, I don't jump on the new thing right away. And some people may find that to be archaic, but I like to concentrate on a few things that I do really well and take my time. So, I mean, like for me, it's been Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. and the podcast and my blog. And I just keep plugging away at those things. And it's just discipline and that four-letter word, mm-hmm. W-O-R-K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And, and the hustle, right? Hustle about you know, something that you're really passionate about and yeah. you're believing in. You're, on, yeah. you're just so into that game. And that's where the power is. That's where the excitement comes from, right? It's amazing how many miracles happen in the wake of a lot of hustle. Right, right. Humble hustle right? Always hustle. Remember, it's just such a great saying. Ray, I love what you're up to. I love everything you're doing. How about if somebody wants to learn more about you? You know, if they want to learn what you're up to and and clearly listen to your podcast and maybe want to hire you, you know, if they need some copy work done or some internet marketing strategies done, what is it that you're really focusing on now in terms of your support with clients? You know, who, number one, who are you helping? Who's your ideal client? And then more specifically, how are you helping them these days? Well, my uh, ideal client is anybody who wants to start, run, or grow their online business. And typically, I'm working with entrepreneurs who are like in that second act phase of their career. They've, they've had a good successful career already. Maybe they've left that career. They're in their 40s or older, and they want to try something new. They want something exciting. Maybe they, got, maybe they retired. Maybe they got bored. Maybe they were um, downsized. Uh, but they're ready to do something new and take on a new challenge. And many of them want to share their experience, their wisdom, their knowledge. And so I end up working with a lot of people who are doing the author, speaker, coach, trainer kind of thing. And uh, I don't do a lot of direct one-on-one copywriting anymore. I do a lot of teaching and training people how to write copy. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty expensive. Like if you wanted to hire me today, my fee is $150,000 plus a percentage of sales. Wow. And I, I have about one client that I work with on that level per year. I have more than that who approached me. I turned somebody down just a few months ago because I already had somebody on the books. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, I turned somebody down because it wasn't a good match. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the bulk of my business comes through doing really what probably you're doing and a lot of folks watching are doing, which is sharing your expertise and your wisdom with other people, helping other people achieve what they want to achieve. And I'm able to do it online and from anywhere I want. And I've got a new book out about writing copy. I, I needed an inexpensive something that I could put in people's hands if they didn't have a lot of capital to invest up front to be able to say, look, just take the book. Here's my best ideas and take these and run with them and you can write copy and sell more of your stuff. Mm. And then after you've done that, you can come back to one of my workshops or you can mm-hmm. buy my copywriting course or you can, we can do business or not. It doesn't matter to me. You know, spend the 14 bucks and get the book and God bless you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So putting it out there putting it out there to as yeah. many people that you can serve as possible and then letting it happen organically, right? I just love this whole aspect as opposed to the old school. It's like, you know, twisting arms and closing and you, you got to become a client and you're going the exact opposite. You're all organic based on service, based on love, you know, based on 
spiritual principles. Again, I know you're a big God guy. You know, bless you for that. Again, we need more of that in this world. So truly walking your path and serving guys that really want to make a difference. So how do they find you? Where do they go to find more information? RayEdwards.com. That's that's the easiest, the best place to find me. Everything we do is right there at my home on the web. We got free articles, free resources, videos, the podcast, the email newsletter. Have it all for free. Uh, and it's and guys, I tell you, it is some of the best stuff out there. If you want to know more about podcasting and internet marketing, building a tribe, right, building your platform, and doing it from an authentic, transparent, passionate place. Ray is the best of the best. So guys, absolutely go check that stuff out. You will love it. Any last word for the tribe, Ray? I guess I would say this, that if you have a message to bring to the world or you have something to deliver of value that you haven't delivered yet, and I believe you do or you wouldn't still be here, then you owe it to the world and to God who gave you that gift to distribute it to as many people as possible. And if you don't, if you don't pursue it with passion and persistence, then you're robbing someone of a gift that you were put here to give them. So keep on going. Ah, God, I love you, Ray Edwards. You are the best, brother. And I thought you were the best. So <laughs> We're just having this whole love fest over here, right? <laughs> it's okay. I, I can live with it. I can too, brother. Hey, thanks again for your time and attention. Well, thank you, my friend. It has been epic. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com.